Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio, it's time for Family Business Radio. Showcasing outstanding family businesses and the advisors who assist them. Good afternoon. You're listening to Family Business Radio. I am your host, Anthony Chen. Today, we have two or rather three great guests with us today sharing kind of their highlights and their stories and their journeys. So for our first set of guests, we have Don and Tara Gilbert Ross with the Bougie Southerner. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So kind of share with us kind of what developed this idea and the company name, the Bougie Southerner. What is it about? The Bougie Southerner experience is the way service looks for me and my family now. My husband and I, we have dedicated our life to service of country, community, family, and after successful military service and civil civil service, we are now going to help our community through better eating, which is vegan food, the food of the future. But we also want to make it an experience. So we added a a selfie museum that's dedicated to mental health awareness. We want to make sure that we are um, highlighting the mantle of the of the mind. And um, we kind of call it the black cracker barrel because we have like (laughs) a a boutique where we'll highlight um, a bunch of natural organic vegan products. Yeah, as you exit um, the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I'll be teaching on Tuesdays. I'll be teaching vegan cooking. But it won't just be vegan cooking. You have to bring your heels, your apron, and your personality. I'm sending you home with not only a recipe, but the look to get the ring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, for our listeners who, who are not able to also have the visual experience, I can uh, attest to the visual that is in front of me uh, with a couple just dressed, dappered, and, and, and color-coordinated. Uh, so kind of share with us the, the idea, like what started with having vegan cooking and having the, the vegan meals? Well, the, um, <clears throat> what came up with the, uh, the vegan portion was our daughters uh, during COVID, uh, they were saying... Um, we should try out being a vegan. And it was like, okay, well, who's going to do that? Um, I don't even know what that is. So um, my wife started doing a little research and she was checking into some things. And basically um, she started saying, well, we can do this here at the house. So we started trying some things out. And from that, um, it kind of transpired into her actually uh, going to culinary school and um, pursuing plant-based cooking. Mm-hmm. And kind of your journey as you're kind of going down this rabbit hole of specifically vegan cooking. So there there was vegan food and it was healthy, but it wasn't what we traditionally enjoyed as a family. Mm-hmm. So I said, I need to put my bougie spin on this, but I needed to know the techniques. I needed to know the alt, you know, the 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 stuff to alternate when you're not using um, byproducts, butter, sugar, which is the foundation of soul food. So I, me, I'm, I'm all about education. I didn't hesitate at the opportunity to go home and learn these new techniques. And I, I can tell you that my, my vegan soul food is not healthy, but it's tasty. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing. It's like, okay, well, when people think of vegan food, they think of like rabbit food, like just salad. 
Right. And that's exactly what you think. That's what I think. You know, um, I call myself the, uh, the, uh, the undecided vegan. <laughs> Can you define so, for us what, what's an undecided vegan? I'm not there yet. Okay. However, <laughs> however, um, it's, uh, my wife, she, uh, she's, she's a great cook. So she'll take anything and she'll put her own spin on it. And when she finishes, it's a, it's a, it's a great entree. So, um, with her uh, experimenting with, with vegan food, she was able to utilize the seasonings and, uh, she especially likes Asian, um, seasonings, but, um, she uses a lot of seasonings that bring in layers flavors. So, um, to take it from just, you know, you would think that it's not so tasty to being a great product. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to give you a sample dish. The salad is no longer going to have boring lettuce on the bottom. The base of my salads have either collard greens, kale, or cabbage. So we'll do the collard green salad. That has the base of steamed collard greens. I pickle everything, but I pickle them with different flavors so we can layer on the flavor. So on top of these amazing, well-steamed collard greens, we're going to put pickled red onions, maybe in a rosemary flavor. Then I'm going to put pickled cucumbers, maybe in a dill flavor. And then I'm going to put cherry tomatoes. And then I'm going to put that in a red wine vinegar. And then I'm going to make an amazing um, set of sweet potato croutons. So you can get that sweetness with that with that sour. And then I'm going to put red wine vinegar on the top just because you want to fuse all those flavors together and make mouth happiness. And no longer is a salad boring, but this salad is not only delicious, it's eye-pleasing, it's tasty, and it has an amazing texture. Because what we do with salads is we overdress them with dressing because we really don't like the taste of the dry lettuce. So why even eat it? Let's just have kale collard greens, which have way more nutritional value anyway, because I want to ensure that we're getting our vitamins, we're getting our nutrients that eating is supposed to provide to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, from looking at kind of your history, you mentioned about giving into the nation, serving in the military and civil service, and now you're servicing more towards the community. It sounds like you're taking on a, a new mission of not just on the mental health side, uh, you're also providing alternatives in terms of being able to eat healthier with some taste. Everything is all revolved around this theme of servicing others. What got you both into having that such a structured part of your life? Well, for myself, um, um, I served 22 years in the United States Marine Corps. So um, um, that's just been a part of me all my life. Uh, I was in, even before the military, I was a Cub Scout, um, Let's see, what else did I do? Uh, I was a part of teams and always wanted to be a part of an organization. So I found that in the Marines. Um, After doing that all those years, when I retired, um, I also went and I worked for the government. So I was a part of the civil service. Um, I worked in the food industry, learned a lot there. And so we're just utilizing those skills and those experiences to transition those over to our own business. Mm -hmm. For me, I've always been told you're just a natural born leader. And um, that's something that I can't change, but I consider myself a servant leader and I can't lead without serving people. I find joy in serving people. It is, it is a part of who I am. I would remember when I was getting um, critiqued, I may rank extremely fast in the military on record fast. And it was because 
I was there to serve others and it was appreciated in a world where everybody wants to be in charge. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be the person to make sure that the person who was in charge looked good because that's the best role. They, you don't have the stress mm-hmm. of being the face, but you have the pleasure of knowing that you're vital to the mission. So I've always been a servant leader and my supervisor would always say, you're an amazing leader, but you need to delegate more. You need to delegate more. So it pushed me to, to, to look deeper say, how does, me being a servant leader service my people who need to one day replace me. So I started looking at people's strengths and weaknesses. And I said, I'm going to be a leader who utilizes everybody's strengths, look for their strength and train to their weaknesses. And it's just the core of who I am. So at service me, I have to be serving someone to be happy. A mother of seven, a grandmother of six, a uh, submissive wife. <laughs> I'm just in, just in the habit of serving. So, mm-hmm. well, with giving servicing so much to the community, now how can the community best provide assistance in servicing you? I just want to say, in a world where it's so easy to be rude, be kind, mm-hmm. be kind, be considerate, and just know that um, if we just tend to think that the person that maybe cuts you off or or does something wrong to you is dealing with something worse than what you're dealing with. Just maybe if we keep that in the back of our minds, we will have cooler heads and kindness goes a long way. It has a ripple effect. So if we just take on a mission of being kind, I think everything else will fall into place. Absolutely. And, um, you know, definitely, um, once we get the restaurant open, um, you know, um, patronizing, um, following us at the bougie southerner uh the bougie southerner dot com um also on tiktok and uh as well as uh facebook so says the man who don't watch any of the pages makes his work <laughs> <laughs> i am not a huge no not at all with uh social media but yes we're there mm-hmm now, kind of share with us, uh, I, I don't often get to have an opportunity to be able to talk with a couple in business together. It's already challenging where marriage itself is kind of a, a full-time job to really get, stay together, but then to run a business together, that's a whole different ball game. Kind of share with the audience, like, what is kind of your secret? What was things that you might have learned going through this journey, not just as a married couple, but now as business partners? Um. Well, with the um, so I'll give a, I'll give an example. Uh, we have the Bougie Southerner uh, Selfie Museum. Um, the Selfie Museum is dedicated to mental health awareness. Um, that museum was put together roughly in about three weeks. Okay, um, but during that process, Tara has vision. My, my wife is a not only a great cook, but she's an awesome de- um, interior de- designer as well. Um, so she can have a vision of something but I can't see the vision mm-hmm. that happens a number of times in your life. You can see someone that can explain something to you and you're like, I don't understand. I don't see, I, I can't see what you see. However, she can see it, but I can materialize it. So that's how it kind of works. It works out a little bit better that way. She has the vision and I can bring it together. Mm-hmm. For me, um, just realizing that disagreements are a part of life. Um, you wouldn't, give up on your your mom or your children after a disagreement. So don't give up on your husband after a disagreement. Um, we see things totally different. He's left-handed. I'm right-handed. He likes to say he's thinking in his right mind, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
whatever it is, we never see things. And sometimes through disagreement, we're elevated to bring out something even more beautiful than either one of us could have came up with by ourselves. By ourselves. Right. And we stand back and we're like, wow, just taking taking the time to listen. And knowing that for me, what you said may not be what is heard or understood. Like text. <laughs> Sounds like someone speaking with him from experience. Yeah, absolutely. I just had to tell him yesterday. He said something to me. I said, you know, I really don't understand what you're saying to me <laughs> right now. Mm-hmm. But if you keep talking, I promise to listen for understanding so I can get a clear, concise understanding of what you're saying. Now understand that that's like the uh, is that the first? No, it's probably like the second time she actually said that and did that in and twenty so, years. So. <laughs> So you're constantly evolving and learning together. So that works. Now, well, those two times just as a recent? because it's As a recent. Thing. Okay. So that means that learning has occurred. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's okay. I, I, I married him to learn. I was mostly attracted to his body. But after I got over his body, I was definitely attracted to his um his mind. He has a very, you know, pure mind. Like he, I grew up. We were both from Chicago, but I grew up without a daddy in the projects. He grew up like in a good home. They did like guess that Bible verse. And <laughs> he grew up, his parents have been married for 62 years. Mm-hmm. So he grew up with great foundation. And I wanted that for my children. And I wanted, I wanted to learn from that because I was always battling what I didn't have. I wanted to embrace what I could have. So I needed to learn from him and I was ready to learn and I was open to learn, but it takes time. You don't change overnight. Yeah. Mold doesn't grow overnight. Right. <laughs> I'll say this this time is rose, not mold. But but it almost sounds like you're telling our audience that the it's not like once you're done with the wedding ceremony, everything is just rainbows and butterflies. Oh. Oh no. No, no. no we not. needed therapy. Yeah. We need it early. Early. Yeah. yeah. But you know, that's like in um everybody is you know, every relationship is the same. Um, you go through a, a, a um, what was the old um, training thing? Was it um, forming, storming, and norming? Those are like the old things. And uh, But you got the thing where you come together, mm-hmm. and then you got your storm, and then there becomes a norm. But mm-hmm. that constantly happens. You know, every so many years, you're married to a different person. They have oh, yeah. a different outlook. You know, experiences have changed you and molded you. So um, you have to be uh, open-minded to things. And then you have to be uh, mature enough to be able to say, they just don't get it yet. So you got to allow a person to grow and learn. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I don't want to use the word learn, but grow and mature and uh, cultivate or nurture, whatever, whichever word works the best. Mm-hmm. And my family will definitely say, um, like my brothers will tell my husband, like my sister has always been strong. I'm the oldest grandchild, the oldest child. My sister has always been strong, but thank you for allowing her to grow into what she could be. Always supporting, you know, I I am a doer. I jump right into doing and I do things because I want to. And, you know, when when I went to the military, that was spontaneous. I dropped, you know, I left college and went to the military. When I decided I wanted to be a doctor, everybody was like, what? I went to get my PhD. When I dis- And he's always been there supporting, even when it's, when he can say, I told you so. 
this we're in this because of you uh he still supports and that is huge because people are so selfish these days like they it's my life too no well no it's actually our life we're married you're no longer an individual anymore if i fail we both fail you really want to go back out in, out in this pool you see what you see what's what's floating around in this pool <laughs> <laughs> so seven children he is mine and ours yeah. six grandchildren six grandchildren and now we stand as the pillars that our children look up. Our daughter has been married for 10 years. Yeah. And um, our baby boy just got married. Married in, uh, two years ago. Two years two ago. Years ago. Mm-hmm. And he's a new father to a one-year-old. And they look to us for guidance. They look to us for our strength. And they, we're at a point where we can tell them it wasn't always that easy, you know. Mm-hmm. But they need to see that representation. They need to see us work through it or they'll give up. Mm-hmm. They would. Well, thank you for, for your words of wisdom uh, for those that are kind of listening. Like, okay, now you've kind of grown and evolved and kind of figured out this marriage thing. Now you got this joint partnership business thing going on. And for many of the challenges, how they're trying to figure out, even whether it's just a married couple or even siblings in business together, how do they get to be able to leave the business at the door and not let that kind of conflict or bleed over into business? How have kind of your journey or how have you found a way to kind of remedy that or navigate around that? Or has it always just been tied together? Um, I would say it's always been tied together, but we are working on, um, you know, being able to um, separate it a little bit because, you know, you can have something that carries over and they can kind of nag at you. So you have to have that little bit of relief in there when, when uh, possible. So it's, it's a learning evolution as well. Like I said, we're constantly going through a, a, a metamorphosis. I'll say. I intentionally was quiet to see what he was going to say because I'm all gas. No stop. Uh, I don't want to separate it. Uh, if it needs to be thought about, it needs to be thought about. Mm-hmm. I mean, but um, it's glad to know. I'm glad to hear that. That's what, we will be doing in the future in the past we it's just been all gas because as i expressed to you when we first met tomorrow is an illusion um i've been i've had cancer i'm current i'm i have a blood disease now so i've sat there where i didn't know what tomorrow was going to look like and that changes how you how you process and how you function in this world i think covid has showed a lot of us we're functioning on on that that response from covid mm-hmm. you know people want to get their own businesses started there the great resignation is due to people wanting to not waste any more time time is an illusion and i think as soon as you start to really think about it you you want to move. I think this is a great opportunity for people who actually are servant leaders to get on the ground. Everybody wants to sell a podcast or an ebook. No, I want somebody to come out and get on the ground with me. I want to have a boot camp where you have a whole building and this is a business and you bring people in and we're going from this is how you get the front desk start. This is how and we walk through this mock business and we learn because everybody don't learn visually. So I I would love this is a great opportunity for that that ground that ground up leadership that ground up mentorship that ground up training yeah we've always been open into helping out wherever we could um with other um business uh, owners or mentoring some people we've done that in the past and we've always been open to that yeah and we've been burned a lot yeah we've yeah, been it burned happens. it happens <laughs> it happens quit. to the best of us 
I do everything like I'm presenting it to God. So that way, when people do me wrong, I, I don't feel his blessed. When people say, oh, you're so blessed, you know, when, when things get tight and people, I, I reach out to my community and they go above and beyond to help us. I know that this is God's doing. I know that my sacrifices weren't in vain and and people are human they're going to make mistakes they're going to hurt and I just pray that they learn because you're not going to hurt me twice just once <laughs> so yeah well there's definitely words of advice because sometimes when as you brought up a lot of people when they look at a successful business they only see kind of the surface to success but they don't get to see as thank you for kind of sharing kind of the, the the experience of sometimes getting burned here and there. It's not all always yes. rainbows and butterflies. That's right. It's never no. rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. It's never, you may put a picture of rainbows and butterflies because it is great to look at, but it's never rainbows and butterflies ever. I don't yeah. care if you were born into wealth. If you got wealth, you need discipline. If you got discipline, you need wealth. It's always a part of this trifecta that's going to be missing. No one has all three. And um, in this business that we're building now, I have spots where I put little tape because I want to put a message. I quit this day. I resume this day and I want to put it in the floor and I'm going to put epoxy over it. So as reminders once that restaurant is open mm-hmm. and i'm in there and i want to quit i can go back to those but i wanted to quit before because there have been times because they oh my goodness <laughs> we cry in there yeah yeah and pray and pray Absolutely. and cry everything with us is um you know it's based with uh with, with everything that we want to do it, we want to do it with god in mind mm-hmm. um you know that's part of where we our ultimate goal um, because we celebrate him because, you know, for us, nothing happens without him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, while your restaurant is getting set up to be open, we I know your museum is fully open. It's how, fully open. How yes. can our listeners best find your museum and your restaurant and best reach out to you? So um, we're on Facebook at the and the page, the restaurant in the museum have the same name but um it'll have the museum or it'll have just the bougie southerner for the restaurant um we just started a tiktok is re- the bougie southerner we do have um instagram we just started the bougie southerner in the in the bougie southerner self museum uh if you can't remember or don't know how to spell the bougie southerner just click just say the black cracker barrel and it will come up. Hashtag. Ha- no, that's <laughs> well, that, no. that's Facebook, the yeah. Black Cracker Barrel. So, Great. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Our next amazing guest, we have Samantha McElhaney with South State Bank. Welcome to the show, Sam. Hey, nice to see you today. <laughs> Likewise. So kind of share with our audience your story as to what got you into banking. I was 18 years old, a freshman in college in Memphis, Tennessee, and needed a part-time job um, to supplement um, my studies, Mm -hmm. have some cash to spend on the weekends, you know, because you have to have a nice entertainment life Mm -hmm. on the side and um, got an opportunity to work for an amazing little bank out of Memphis called a Union Planners Bank um, as a teller. Um, and I was inside of the in-store branches. Uh, if people remember what those are, those are the grocery store branches, mm-hmm. um, the ones that have wonderful hours, um, Monday through Saturday, um, amazing hours, nine o'clock until seven o'clock. And it just worked conveniently with my college hours. And so I got to learn about banking mm-hmm. and it was fabulous. 
So after all these years, what is kind of the major changes or or theme that you've seen over the years that has happened through the banking industry that you'd like to share? Um, Well, I remember being a small child and going to the bank with my mom and getting the lollipops at the teller counter and everybody knowing your name when you walked in to the counter and there were being long lines um, and that's just not the way banking is. Um, now that I've been in banking for almost 28 years, next month will be my 28th year. Um, people rarely go to the branches or go into the banks because of all the wonderful technology. Um, or in fact, a lot of banks are hoping customers will use the technology, especially after COVID. Mm-hmm. We learned really quick with things being closed. Um, <laughs> if you depend on the branches and something like a pandemic happen. You've got to rely on the technology to make sure people get paid, to make sure you pay your bills. Um, you just got to rely on different types of avenues in order to conduct your day-to-day business and personal banking needs. So it's pretty interesting. I can't wait to see what next comes down the pipeline. Hopefully people stop saying crypto, but yeah. that's a personal <laughs> favorite of mine. So so on top of your long banking career, because it sounds like you just kind of start right out of the womb. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, you've built an impressive network of professionals surrounding you and helping service your clients. Can you share with us, uh, with the audience, as to how has that impacted you professionally and personally? Oh, great question. Um, I had an amazing manager um, who is now in Nashville. Um, and when I started working with him in 2010, he told me, Sam, do not turn down any opportunity to go have breakfast or lunch or dinner with somebody and just meet them and hear their story. Um, we also used to read a lot of books when we worked with him. Um, one of my favorite ones that we read was Never Eat Alone. So it has completely inspired me. I do not go have breakfast, lunch, or dinner by myself, especially being single, not for dating purposes, of course, but um, I want to meet people and hear their stories. A lot of times I'm like, God, I wish I had that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I came up with that inspiring moment. Um, but I want to hear their stories, hear their struggles, hear what keeps them up at night, and then find you know ways to connect people. If I can help connect individuals the way they're connecting me to them, then it can help me personally and it can help me professionally down the road. Um, I want to remember their names, their faces, their stories, and maybe one day go, do you know this person? And hopefully make a connection. Um, if I connect somebody every single day to someone else, I think I've done something amazing. So, And I want to be connected to someone. So. But in speaking of stories and making connections and kind of hearing people's stories, particularly when it comes to your business, now right now the top of mind or kind of the elephant in the room is the business environment or economic environment. Kind of share with us a highlight or, or your words of wisdom as to how can you help best help your business owners to kind of navigate this current storm. Uh, I'm glad you called it a storm. It's not a bad word. Mm. Um, I know a lot of people are not wanting to say recession, yeah. but technically it is by definition recession because we've had two back-to-back quarters mm. of either negative or no growth in GDP. So that is the definition of recession. Um, you definitely have to sit down with business owners. Um, I've had to look at my own book of business, um, which bankers do have a book of business. They should be monitoring it and managing it like they should. Um, and sit down with these business owners and um, talk about what is your game plan, not only with the next 12 months, but the next you know, three years, five years, 10 years, what is your game plan? And make sure you have your right partners in play 
um, to make those plans come to fruition, whether that's to continue to grow your business and where do you have to pivot to make those decisions come um, naturally? Or do I want to go ahead and exit? Because maybe you missed the last two exit possibilities. Um, Get the right people in the room. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you don't know the people, ask someone. There's never a dumb question except for the unasked question. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm really enjoying right now is making sure we get the right people to the table um, and making things happen. So, well, then kind of continuing kind of the, again, the elephant room or, or the R word recession, uh, with business owners, they got a lot of things that's on their plate, mm-hmm. whether it's, as, as you kind of pointed out, other issues could be like supply chain. Yes. That's the big one. Or, uh, as well, our previous guest was mentioned, it's great resignation, retaining or even recruiting labor. Yes. How can a business owner, a business banker like yourself kind of come in and help a business owner kind of navigate all these different plates that are already juggling? Great. Um, again, great question. Um, I love sitting down and just jogging their memories or jogging their thought process um, and taking it one by one. First of all, if the customer's struggling with supply chain, let's exhaust every single avenue. I mean, are we wanting to continue with the same products that we're using right now? Or are we wanting to try to um, try something different, try something new, try from a different resource? Um, maybe we just stop selling that particular product and go ahead and try that different one that you've thought about before. Um, finding alternatives. Let, let's go ask our competition. Why not talk to competition? That's one thing I love about um, the pest control environment. Um, that industry, they don't have secrets with each other. They actually all get together as business owners and share what they do best and they share pricing. I mean, why does everything have to be such a secret? Um, there's enough room at the dinner table for everybody to be successful um, customers because not everybody should be with one particular company. Mm-hmm. Um, also with the great resignation, like our previous um, guests brought up and mentioned um, right now, we have a lot of individuals out there who are looking for their next best opportunity because again, they don't want to miss on the moment, mm-hmm. which I thought was a great comment um, that Tara made. Um, people are, they're tired they're also looking for what's going to potentially give them the opportunity to retire, give them their next career, um, give them pure joy and passion and purpose. Um, Bob Goff just recently, recently wrote a book about that, finding your purpose and your joy in life. And people are going to take that step. And it might mean a reduction in salary just to be happy with what they do on a regular basis. So as a business owner, why don't you ask the people you're interviewing or the people that you want to retain as your employees, ask them what motivates you? Because the answer is not always money. Mm-hmm. Um, money's a satisfier and can basically provide you with those things that make you the happiest. But there's other things out there that could just, can, you know, could grab somebody and make them your um, employee for life. They can mm-hmm. be loyal to you forever if you just have the conversation. I don't know why people are so, they struggle with having the hard conversations, but once you have them, it feels good. It, it's like a release. So it'd be nice if people would start just talking again. Communication should be the word for 2022. Yeah. I think that should just stay the word forever. Almost. I like that. Yes. I like uh, that. It almost sounds like you're not just a banker just giving out loans. It sounds like you're more of a business consultant helping the business owner look at the big picture. Oh, if that was the case, I'd be a rich woman. Oh. But no, <laughs> that's not the case. Mm. So can we share with us a quick story? Uh, you can certainly leave out the, the name of the business or, or the sure. client as to how you kind of went in and helped them uh, with an issue, particularly let's say a cash flow issue, because that's another big 
elephant in the room right now. Yeah, that really is. Um, I have a passion um, for working with contractors and they've been very successful over the last couple of years. That's mm-hmm. one of those industries, especially during COVID, um, that have done extremely well, but they've struggled with finding great employees, um, which of course results um, in, or it ends up with people struggling with cash flow. Because if I don't have the employees to do the work, I can't collect the cash. Um, so I've had a recent introduction to a business um, that they just were growing leaps and bounds. And with growth, especially large amounts of growth, comes cash flow issues. How am I going to pay somebody if I can't get the money in the door? Um, so strategically introduced them to an amazing business coach um, who broke it down, literally got them to sit down write down what they thought were their top 10 issues. And he drilled them and got it down to, are you really specifically thinking about these 10 issues or is it these issues and got them to go even deeper. Um, and they're now more, I think more efficient because um, the bills are paid. I'm not getting text messages worried about those types of items. Made a couple of great hires recently, had to let a couple of people go that he didn't think he would ever let go. He thought those people were his best employees and really realized uh, no, they're really not. They're not efficiently making the best decisions for my company. Um, and that individual's actually um, having probably one of their most profitable months in August and actually broke even in July. So um, I was really excited that he was open to meeting some better partners um, that ended up costing him some money on the front end, but is going to reap the benefit long term. So it's about having the right partners at your table um, to help you make good decisions. So I was pretty excited for him. Great, good. Now, another elephant in the room, as we're kind of going with the theme here, is kind of not taking the time for granted, whether it's people going through the great resignation, finding another career, reinventing themselves, and perhaps more of a positive note would be opening business for themselves, something that you would like. Now, for those who are kind of sitting on a fence and they're looking at, oh my God, the rates are going up, it's going to be more expensive for me to kind of chart out on my own. This is a little risky or I'm in the middle of a recession. How do you help these people kind of navigate that conversation that's going on in their heads where they're just probably just sitting on the sidelines, even though they really want to make that leap? Oh, wow. Um, that's a, oh, wow. That's a good question because right now a lot of people have been holding on to money. Mm-hmm. Um, probably wishing right now they hadn't because rates have increased. Um, but if they do have great advisors, um, not only investment advisors like yourself, but, um, good people in their arena, they can find the right opportunity. And if they sit down and weigh the pros and cons, um, do I make the purchase now or will that purchase not come again down the road? Um, They need to figure out what is my return on the investment. If I go ahead and take care of it now, would it be the right decision to make? Or if I wait, will that right investment or that right opportunity come down the road? What am I going to miss out on if I wait? Cause we can't, we don't have a crystal ball or like I say, a magic eight ball to shake. Um, what are rates going to look like in 12 more months? We don't know. Um, or what's my money going to do? I mean, we're all still waiting to see if money market rates or CDs or other investments are going to increase. I mean, I look at the stock market, the way it goes up and down. I'm like, Hey, it could be on sale guys. Look at it that way. You know? mm-hmm. Um, I would literally talk to those individuals who are looking to expand their business or maybe even start a restaurant, you know, really talk to your advisors and really game plan. I'm a big believer in write it out, the pros and cons. I mean, and then figure out what do you have to lose? What's going to be the big loss if you don't take that opportunity right now Mm -hmm. and make the step? 
So, so on the banking side of things, as you're probably having several conversations already with those who are just on the fence and kind of looking ready to make that first step,、mm-hmm. what is kind of the top three things you would advise for them to take a look into first so they don't make mistakes prior to other business owners that they could have avoided?、Um, you definitely have to have a, a mentor or a coach, somebody who can be that third party outside um, individual um, to. Basically, bounce every idea off of、um, because, and I'm speaking just from my personal standpoint. If I were that person,、um, you tend to be emotional and you need someone who can take the emotion out of it and help you see all sides、um, the pros, the cons, the lefts, and the right. And I think a business coach or a mentor will be able to help you do that.、Um, grab your CPA, make sure you grab a business attorney. And you have both sides at the table helping you go over all aspects of whether you're going to take that leap or not.、Um, because you want to make sure you're protected, whether you're doing it individually, you're doing it as a married couple,、um, partnership. You've got to have all of your documentation in place. You've got to, from day one, how are you getting into the business? Plan how to get out of the business. I really.、Um, Get discouraged when I see somebody start a business and they don't have an exit plan. You、mm. got to know how you're going to get out of it when you start it.、Um, that, that just needs to be discussed.、Mm. Um, and then also, as you're making money, make sure you have a good investment advisor because as you're making money, there should be a certain portion that you pay yourself with. I get people to the table who've been in business three and five years and they've never paid themselves. I'm like, what are you doing? You should always pay yourself. So, make sure that's part of your plan as well, too. Well, thank you for your words of wisdom. Now, how best can our listeners find more additional words of wisdom through you?、Um, you can always call me on my cell phone. I'm not afraid to give that number out. And it's been the same number for 17 years here in Atlanta.、Mm-hmm. And that's 678 524 You can also find me at LinkedIn.、Um, I check my LinkedIn every single morning for the first 15 minutes of business. Um, so that's Sam McElhaney or Samantha McElhaney on LinkedIn.、Um, just one of those two ways are the best ways to reach me at this point. So, because、mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that social media is your best option. I am not a TikToker, though. That's my kids. <laughs> well, great. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony. So, kind of the theme、uh, around our amazing guests is setting. In part, a plan and kind of having a vision going forward.、Uh, it's important to have vision, but kind of flying off、uh, on a cuff is not exactly the ideal. But even more importantly, the theme around is living in a now because tomorrow is not guaranteed. So, whether it's for your personal life decisions or career, professional development decisions, or taking a risk, opening a business, whether it's a restaurant or any other business,、um, the one Or two questions I would like to bring our guests back later on is what is the one major lesson that you've learned through your life experience that you would like to pass down to the next generation? So, again, the question is what is one major lesson you've learned that you would like to pass down to the next generation with a theme surrounding around living in the now because tomorrow is not guaranteed? Now, this of course comes into the boring portion of the podcast, is the legalese, where this show is sponsored and brought to you by yours truly, Anthony Chen, with Lighthouse Financial Network Securities and Advisory Services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., RAA, 
member FINRA SIPC. RAA is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of RAA. Our main office address is at 575 Broad Hollow Road out in Melville, New York, 11747. You can best reach me at number 631-465-9090, extension 5075, or preferably through email, which is just my full name, Anthony Chen, C-H-E-N at LFNLLC.com. Now, back to our amazing guests. The question again is, what is one major lesson that you've learned through your life experience that you would like to pass down to the next generation with a theme surrounding living in a now because tomorrow is not guaranteed? I'm going to have to go with, this is Tara from the Bougie Southerner. I'm going to have to go with treat people how you want to be treated. And I say that because even as a business owner or you're in corporate or you go to a regular job, when you interact with the people who work for you and with you, ask yourself, are you treating them the way you would want to be treated if you were in that position? And if at any time the answer is no, then you need to make the correct modifications if you want to retain or keep that person or just continue to work with that person think when we do that we're more efficient and we're better suited to be successful Don. um <clears throat> this is uh don uh, with the boozy southerner um i have to go back to um what i've had the most experience with in my life which was uh not the most but a, a great deal of my life was in the military and um three pillars of success from the Marine Corps standpoint was honor, courage, and commitment. And um, once I heard that, it was it meant so much to me that I truly live by it. Honor, honor to your God, your family, your name, whatever it is you have honor to. Um, courage, courage to do those things that you have no idea how it's going to turn out. So, you know, you got to be willing to take a leap. And commitment, being a man or woman of your word and doing the things that you know that you are supposed to do, need to do, and have to do. If you do those three things, especially trying to, uh, going out in business, um, you will be successful. And uh, a little bit of self-motivation, I say it all the time, who motivates the motivator? Nobody but the motivator themselves. So um, that's what I have. Thank you. Sam. Wow, I have to follow those. Um, yeah, Sam McElhaney again, um, proactive commercial relationship manager. And I truly believe that if today's generation would focus on just trying to learn something new every day, because um, you don't know it all, if you will just have an open heart, open mind, and realize anybody could teach you something, anybody that you come up with, um, and in be introduced to and meet um, could be a surprise and a gift um, and something that you could learn and share to the next person that you meet. So just keep passing that information on. Um, it could just enhance your day every single day. Well, thank you. Yeah. All right. Now for a little portion of like, I like to call Anthony Chen's financial take. So with the theme of today's uh, episode revolving around 
again, living in the now because tomorrow's not guaranteed. Here's a little uh, personal financial take that uh, perhaps the others might be a little surprised is it's okay sometimes spending that little bit of money for an experience with your families and friends and loved ones. Because at the end of the day, uh, yes, it's very important to set money aside for savings and invest and prepare for one's retirement and every other financial need. And sometimes when I get to talk with uh, grandparents where I would ask them, uh, well, kind of what is the purpose of this account here and there and kind of scattered around? And they go, oh, that's kind of uh, for my grandkids' uh, college expenses here and there. I want to give them after I go. And then this is something that was passed on to me by my mentor. Uh, so there's another original here. And he would always push back and say, well, let, let me ask you this question. Do you think your grandkids would want to have a check for grandma and grandpa or would they rather have that check spent on spending time with grandma and grandpa at Disney World or maybe SeaWorld or maybe hiking? And they would always pause because at the end of the day, even though me sitting in this position, yes, it's again important to set money aside on the financial side of things. The bigger question is what is the purpose of that money? At the end of the day, is it to just sit there in a vault or is it to be able to utilize it to really build life's purpose and building memories and experience that at the end of the day, money can't really buy time back. So that's kind of a little bit of my take is, yes, it's important to be able to set money aside, but don't lose sight of the purpose of that money. And that being said, thank you for listening to this episode of Family Business Radio.